Hello, it's Kerry and Rachel. Rachel, what are you doing? You got all the good words. <laughs> Welcome to Dirty Vegetables, a podcast where we discuss hot topics in the vegan world, exposing the dirt on animal industries and sharing our complete adoration for vegetables. 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 Hello everyone, welcome back to Dirty Vegetables. Today's episode is talking all about skincare and the benefits of using vegan and cruelty-free skincare products. So the main points in this episode that we're going to talk about are the problems with skincare products, brands to use and avoid, and we're going to finally end on some homemade recipes and how you can make your own products at home. So the main question we'll be focusing on today is why should I look for vegan skincare brands? But before we get into it, let's do a wee check-in. Hello, Kerry. Hi. <laughs> nice to see you over there. Nice to see you too in the little box on the, my screen. <laughs> so far away. I know. Soon we'll be reunited. I'm going to make it happen. One day. Soon. Soon, not just one day. Like really soon. How are you? I'm good. And I'm very excitable because, um, well, first of all, I got a new interface for everyone out there listening for the podcast. Ooh. This has been a long time coming. I've been using what Rachel likes to call a gizmo for a very long time. Um, and finally, I've got a proper interface because the last one, like I bought and it like didn't work. Anyway, so that's exciting. But also... <laughs> and Rachel really laughed when I you know this is happening Rachel but she really laughed when I told her that I'm going to Strictly Come Dancing live tonight <laughs> and I'm so excited I am so honestly I've never enjoyed a program more than Strictly Come Dancing that's a I, bold statement <laughs> wow. it's like really that is really bold I've actually only watched um this series that just passed Oh my God, I was completely absorbed in it. Like completely absorbed in it. I want to be a professional dancer. <laughs> see if I could have another, um, no, actually see if I could go back to when I was younger. That's what I would do, be a professional dancer. What would you be? Long pause. I think, um, oh, I don't know. It's a hard question. It's a big, hard question. I would be either that or a marine biologist, which is really cool. But like, Ooh. it's one of those jobs that's just really cool, don't you think? Yeah, it's a cool job. At the moment, I feel I'm so like loving yoga that I just feel like that is the dream to have my own yoga studio. And I can't... That would be one of my things I would tell my younger self to do yoga younger. Yeah. 100%. That's like would be my f number one advice. On the topic of yoga, um, I'll keep this brief because we haven't got much time before Carrie has to go to Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a group here at the moment. They're from a they're from a studio in um, Stockholm called Urban Om, which is a name I enjoy. And they're here. They're that studio has been doing a teacher training, two hundred hour over the period of six months, and then they booked Shambhala for their exams Ooh. and then their exams are open for us to come and join for good experience for them to get straight into the habit of teaching people they don't know 
which I think is awesome. Mm. It's a great idea. And I lo- I went to two classes yesterday. I went to a class from seven till eight in the morning, which is just insane because I'm not a morning person at all, at all. But it was so much... F- Are you not? <laughs> No, but there is so much. <laughs> We've talked about this on the podcast before about how you want to get up early and do morning things. I, feel... I want to do that, but I struggle. Like I, sh- I really, I have to like defrost my brain for a while to like, before I can function. Yeah. It's just your, people are just like that. I've been looking into this a lot, but not to interrupt your story, keep going keep going yeah but it's been so cool to be on a different perspective to these people doing their exams like I did Mm. I was in that situation not long ago doing my exams for my teacher training and they're doing their exams for their teacher training and I was just in the odd in the crowd like one of the get one of the participants I couldn't find the word there and it's just so interesting for it to be a different dynamic like that and then they asked for us to give some feedback so then I felt like I had things to offer that were constructive and useful because I've been practicing a lot of yoga and practicing teaching yoga too and it was just it's just been really cool to have the group here and to like the excitement that they're going to be newly qualified yoga teachers soon and yeah it's really it's really cool yeah that's cool to be a part of that and see it from the other perspective and while they're probably really nervous and everything and you're just like yeah I'm just like chilling here doing my wee yoga yeah given feedback really cool it's nice very nice shall we get into the podcast let's get into it so today's dirty ingredient is walnuts yay yay walnuts not technically a nut but a droop which is uh, a fleshy part surrounding a seed. And that just reminds me of in Friends when the guy is talking about, it's like Rachel's, no, Phoebe's boyfriend who's really boring. And he's like, what other nuts, or no, what other nuts are not actually nuts? <laughs> I'm not doing the quote very good justice, but if you know, you know, you know? You know I know. Anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, so walnuts, they have roots in ancient Persia, dating back to 7000 BC, and were traded along the Silk Road. And the Romans called them Jupiter's acorns. I like that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's cute, isn't it? And how, how we use it. So I, walnuts... I love to do like a like a walnut meat. I don't know if you vegans out there have heard of this before, but it's something that I learned about through social media reels. And it's where you soak walnuts in um, hot water for a while and then you blitz them up in a food processor with other yummy things like onions and garlic and spices and occasionally people put breadcrumbs in there, herbs etc etc and then it almost becomes like a ground meat consistency kind of like corn mince sort of thing kind of and then you can use that in a variety of different ways but it's really nice when you mexify it make it mexican um, and do it in like a taco dish highly recommend walnut meat tacos it's really good yeah so that's how I like to use walnuts how do you like to use walnuts so I love walnuts it's kind of the same way I've got this recipe I follow this recipe from a website called loving it vegan 
and they've got amazing recipes on there and this is where I first discovered this I actually don't um soak the walnuts in water I don't I didn't know that was a thing or if it makes any difference but I just blend up the walnuts and crumble tofu in with the walnuts and then put loads of like herbs and spices on it soy sauce nutritional yeast uh what else there's just loads of like ingredients tomato paste olive oil anyway all of this mix it in and then put it in the oven and oh my god it's the nicest taco filling like ever it is so good we'll have to link that in the show notes because it's just it's literally called the recipe is called vegan taco mints in brackets the best ever and it actually is like it actually is the best ever it's amazing but i also like uh walnuts and yogurt with like berries and different nuts and seeds and stuff I just kind of it's one of those things I think this with a lot of nuts I just kind of like I'll sprinkle on things if I can or it's really nice if you chop up some and put it in like spaghetti bolognese I never actually say that spag ball uh, or chili it just <laughs> adds like a wee bit of texture in the in the sort of faux meat lentil arena do you know what I mean Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so where to find walnuts yeah so this is a good point actually um they're much cheaper in places like Lidl and Aldi than in your standard supermarkets the price of nuts in most supermarkets is absolutely extraordinary it's very very high but then I guess if you're comparing it to what you're paying for meat or fish then maybe it kind of works out to be okay or that's the attitude I try to have towards it um but yeah Lidl and Aldi have a really cheap and incredible range of nuts and seeds and things like that dried fruits um questionable about the sourcing of these though and how sustainable the methods are and how much forced pollination is going on Mm -hmm. and all of these things but that's where you can find them cheaper I've just had a thought so like you have all these milks right and they're basically every nut has a milk but i've never seen walnut milk i have like i've seen every other have you yeah in italy did you try it yeah it was good yeah interesting we don't get walnut milk over here had a very kind of distinctive kind of like earthy Mm. kind of pungent flavor that's exciting so they're full Walnuts are full of antioxidants more than any other nut Um, and they're especially full of vitamin E which is known to be great for your skin hence why this is the nut of our episode our dirty ingredient and also high in ALA omega-3 and ALA ALA omega-3 I don't know too much about do you know more about ALA omega-3 Kerry? There's two types there's ALA and what's the other one ELA or something basically that's the one you can find in um, nuts and seeds and stuff but the other one you find more in fish so a lot of times people will will eat loads of nuts and stuff but you're actually not getting all of the omega-3 that you're supposed to have because it's mostly found in animal products so yeah I don't know what way around that there is (laughs) I don't know that much about it, to be fair. Mm-hmm. And overall, in, in having a good amount of walnuts in your diet, um, studies show can 
help minimize inflammation, which is the root of many chronic illnesses, and especially uh, diseases such as diabetes. So it's a great thing to eat on a regular basis, walnuts. And I'm pretty sure that there was a section on walnuts in How Not to Die, but um, where he got very excited about them. He's got a section on everything, True. though. <laughs> Every, like, fruit or nut or seed, there's something about it in there, which I love. Because I always, like, look up the nutritional value of things when I'm eating them. That's nice. Just out of curiosity. Mm. Okay, so starting off with point one today, we're going to talk about the problems with current skincare products. So this is something you'll realize if you've gone vegan or you're starting to think about it, that initially it's just your sort of your diet that you have to change and we have talked about this before in the podcast that's the first thing that you have to change it's a probably the biggest thing because you eat constantly (laughs) I do um so it's like a big big change but then you start to realize how many animal products are associated with all parts of your life and it becomes more and more difficult but it also becomes more and more shocking and you get more it opens your mind to how basically abused animals are in every single product that you can find so skincare products are a really good example of this so moisturizers makeup perfume shower products anything you actually put on your skin you need to start thinking about a little bit more so you'll probably see different terms floating around so you'll see on skincare products the term vegan which basically means there's no animal products within it so there's no milk there's no eggs or there's a lot of elements that are come from animals such as collagen or keratin and things like this um and then you'll see cruelty free which basically means it's not being tested on animals so this means that a product can be for example vegan but actually not cruelty free or cruelty free but actually not vegan which in my opinion is a load of baloney because how can you have a product which is vegan but not cruelty free it doesn't make sense to me that it can be one without the other because if you've got animal products in there how can it be cruelty free because we all know that those animal those products aren't taken from animals in a nice caring loving way or they're not leftovers from an animal the animal's literally killed for that product so it doesn't really make sense in my mind and it's quite interesting in 2013 a law came in to play in Europe stating that no cosmetics could be tested on animals which is amazing but there's loopholes in this law meaning that companies can test on animals outside the EU and then sell the product there and it used to be a legal requirement to test on animals in China's market but these laws have actually gradually been being relaxed from 2014 so now it's actually not necessary um, except for use in certain products such as sunscreen, deodorants, hair dyes and skin lightening products which is really good because I actually thought up until quite recently that that was still a law that all things had to be tested um, on animals in China but it's just gradually been relaxed so this is this is really really good um, but another thing you have to look out for once you are looking for cruelty free products so you might find a brand that says cruelty free on it but their parent companies are not cruelty free. So for example, the skin brand Dermalogica is cruelty free, but their parent company, which is Unilever, which owns an insane amount of other companies is not cruelty free. 
So I think it's it's up to you. It's up to how you feel about it. If you want to support a brand, even though its parent company is um, not cruelty free. So it, it's quite a difficult question that you have to think about a little bit. Um, but one website that's really good to find out what brands are cruelty free and vegan is a, a website called Cruelty Free Kitty. Um, they have a really good Instagram as well. And they talk all about um, hot topics in the vegan beauty scene. And they filter their brands and their website through loads of different filters. So you can choose things like clean beauty, a black owned brand and sustainable products. So it's really, really good if you just don't know what um, brand to choose. You feel overwhelmed by choosing something that's vegan and sustainable and their parent company is vegan and all of these elements um so it's really really good to narrow it down yeah and just to add a little thought into this i really feel like this cruelty free and vegan and how products don't automatically have both of those labels on them i think it's such an example of greenwashing and um confusing the consumer and trying to add shiny labels that that companies now know that people are becoming more and more conscious of and care about you know so they see the word vegan and then they think that it's the right choice to make and in many ways it is but then if it's still getting tested on animals then it isn't and I think it's just shows that the companies aren't really actually motivated to think about the ethics behind their behavior in a in a real way and are just wanting to make sales often. That doesn't apply to all companies. Um, you can get some incredibly ethical and beautiful companies that really, really deeply care and resonate with not wanting to use animal-derived products and not wanting to test on animals. But I think there's been more and more and more popping up of just the word vegan, like getting stamped on things. And it's like, um, because it's a, it's a kind of, it's a hot topic at the moment. Um, and random like that also makes me think of this example of I bought toothpaste once in uh, Spain and it said gluten-free on it and it's like when would (laughs) when would toothpaste ever have gluten in it I mean maybe it does and I'm ignorant but I didn't think they put flour in toothpaste Uh, so I think it just makes me think of that and how it's just like oh we'll put vegan on it and then more people are going to buy it and then it will make us look better but they're not actually trying to to change in any real way. It's all about profit still. Profit, 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 profit. Make money, make money, make money. And it's funny because a lot of those labels that you, like that are branded on things that say cruelty free, the company actually has to pay so much money to get that put on, like an official stamp. So that's, I find that strange that the company that's providing the stamp, like that vegan approved or cruelty free there's like a little bunny logo they're making so much money off of that as well which is I find a bit strange but also there's companies like Lush who just they just they don't pay for the label on it because it's extortionate but they just put their own sort of vegan label but it's technically not like the vegan approved stamp of approval but I don't know why you would have to spend so much money to actually get that on your product Unless they have to come out and test it or something. I'm not sure what the process is. Yeah, I think, I do think that there is quite like a rigorous process to go on to to ensure that it's definitely vegan and definitely cruelty free. Yeah. Anyway, there's some um, 
ingredients that I felt we could talk about that are very popular within skincare brands that are very much so not vegan. So these are things that you could look at on a label of things, but some of them are just absolutely insane. So first of all, we've got ambergris, which you may have heard of. So it's an, actually, this is actually an oil that lines whales' stomach, stomachs. Um, and it's, this is often used in perfumes. <laughs> it just seems mad to me that someone has discovered that if you take the oil in a whale's stomach, you can make perfume out of it. Uh, who, who knows? It reminds me of this episode of Futurama. I don't know if anyone's watched Futurama. Where uh, Kif, he's like this little alien man, gets covered in this um, ambergris and gets arrested and then sheds his skin to give it back to the aquarium. <laughs> because it's such a expensive, like luxury product. This wheel, essentially wheel vomit. <laughs> That's what it is. It's like the inside of their stomach. But it just reminds me that I thought it was quite, um, quite funny. Beeswax as well um, is a very popular one and often found in food too. Beeswax wraps as well are becoming more and more popular um, to use to preserve food, but keeping it to the cosmetics, apologies. Yeah, I think royal jelly, which is also made out of bees, honey and stuff. This is like, like... I remember when I was in Italy and Octavian's family were watching Russian TV, they would get these infomercials Mm. coming on all the time trying to sell you stuff. And one of them was for royal jelly products and they were just going crazy, this Russian salesperson. I don't know, it wasn't clear exactly what you were saying, but all the images coming up on the screen and it's good for this and it's good for that and it's good for this and it's good for that. It's a wonder product. It's incredible. Um, Yeah royal jelly i feel has really exploded recently yeah and of course it involves the the use of um bees and the incredible products that they create just gonna say i think royal jellies in futurama as well at one point <laughs> so we've also got estrogen which is used in a lot of perfume and lotions which estrogen most people know is a hormone um and it's actually taken from the urine of pregnant animals as you do as you do weird (laughs) um and also fish scales this is a crazy one that blows my mind um it's present in things that are glittery like sparkly eyeshadows and highlighter you can find mashed up fish scales in there nice Um, we've also got keratin which is really popular in her products I'm sure you've seen it before Um, it's meant to strengthen your hair and all of this Um, and they actually get keratin from grinding up hooves and horns and hair of mammals which makes my feet feel a bit weird the thought of grinding up a hoof (laughs) (laughs) we've also got lanolin which is used in makeup remover and moisturizer and it's essentially the fatty sweaty excretion from sheep and other animals that have wool it's sometimes used as a nipple cream for breastfeeding women but can contain pesticides and can be passed onto the baby and cause skin irritation musk oil um this is secretions from musk deer musk rat beaver or otter genitals so it's essentially this sack under the skin of the abdomen um, where they get this lovely musk oil from and finally we have squalene 
which comes from shark livers present in lipstick and eyeshadows. How? It's funny because when I'm thinking about skincare products, I generally think of moisturizers and stuff. I actually don't really think too much about makeup and lipsticks. Like you just don't really think about that. It just seems like... I don't know it just seems like it wouldn't contain animal products but this is the thing that you discover when you go vegan that everything contains animal products and I just I can't understand how they worked it out to use these things but also what what the point is like why is it necessary I don't understand no comprendo So, um, talking a little bit about cruelty in testing. So, according to Cruelty Free International, over 500,000 animals may be used in cosmetic testing worldwide per year. So, yeah, the, the, the tendency that humans have had to test different cosmetics on animals and pharmaceuticals and other products is where the term guinea pig originated from. We use that term guinea pig where you're going to you could be the guinea pig if you're going to try something for the first time or do something for the first time you could be labeled a guinea pig and this is because guinea pigs are often the first animal to come in contact with many experimental products um, and substances and yeah cosmetics get put on small animals like guinea pigs rabbits cats mice in order to observe the effects it has on the skin so they're checking for an allergic reaction side effects chemical reactions etc And in order to kind of maintain good kind of scientific conditions, um, in order to kind of feel like they can conclude that this product's had that reaction and that the animals aren't mixing with one one another and mixing products on each other's skin, uh, the animals have to be kept in isolation. And ultimately they suffer a lot because they're coming in contact with very potent chemicals and very potent uh, quantities and concentrations and then before they ultimately get killed and they're not getting released back into the wild afterwards so yeah Kerry mentioned before that it's now banned in the EU to sell cosmetics tested on animals but like everything there are loopholes and yeah and cruelty free is a big certificate now that a lot of companies are paying the big bucks to get put on their products And in order to provide labelling for safe and legal cosmetics, the US organisation PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, has introduced the cruelty-free certificate. So they created it, which is super cool. And it's um, a certificate with a characteristic bunny symbol. And it's given to those companies that have undergone undergone a stringent quality control and proven their products are not tested on animals. Um, and the certificate is valid all over the world and it can be given to any company which complies with, with law and ethical rules concerning the treatment of animals. So now that it's banned and now that people are moving away from animal testing and are more inclined to go towards cruelty-free, there are alternatives to um, testing products on animals. There are alternative testing methods now that we can go through. Yeah, so today, because experiments on animals are cruel, time-consuming and generally inapplicable to, to humans, the world's most forward-thinking scientists have 
are developing and using animal-free methods that are actually relevant to human health for studying diseases and testing products. So these alternatives to animal testing include sophisticated tests using human cells and tissue, also known as in vitro methods, um, advanced computer modeling techniques, often referred to as in silico models, and studies with human volunteers. Um, and these and other non-animal methods are not hindered by species differences that make applying animal tests results to humans difficult or impossible. And they usually take less time to complete. So big company that's behind this is The Body Shop. I feel like The Body Shop is the OG company um, for wanting to abolish animal testing. They've been wanting to do that since the 90s. Their founder... Dame Anita Lucia Roderick was so against animal testing in every conceivable way. And yeah, on the Body Shop's website, um, they show the ways in which they test their products, um, demonstrating that you just do not need to test these um, products on animals anymore. Arguably, you never needed to. But now that we have the sophistication of technology at our disposal, we absolutely don't need to anymore. It is quite surprising, though, that you... S- that- the body shop isn't completely vegan. Like some of their products aren't even vegetarian, which is something that you should look out for. Because I remember I was looking to buy something from there, like Naga Moisturizer or something. And I was looking around and couldn't find one that wasn't wasn't vegan. Was vegan. So it's that is surprising. And I think that sort of brings us back to like what is the difference between being cruelty free and being vegan? You know, they're saying, oh, we're cruelty free, we're cruelty free, but they're still using animal products that, where are they getting those animal products from? Where are they getting the milk from that they put in their lotion or the collagen that they put in their shampoo, you know? Yeah, it, it, it feels like a huge conflict of interest, especially when you learn that they've been so involved with trying to move kind of like legal, mm. um, like bureaucratic stuff and help ban the use of animal testing and they've just been really really pivotal in the public eye for this movement um like for example yeah on october the 4th 2018 on world animal day the body shop and cruelty free international took 8.3 million signatures against cosmetic animal testing and they took this to the united nations headquarters in new york city to create a global framework to end animal testing while advancing the united nations sustainable development agenda so they're 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 really really advocating for the, the the ban of animal testing and they always have and yet their products aren't vegan it's a very very strange conflict of interest yeah that is that is weird they do have a lot of vegan products but just not not all of them but i think lush is a massive driver of that as well because by the way shout out to the small brands like the small local brands that are doing this and have amazing products a lot of the time they have completely natural products there's a, there's a brand in edinburgh called lucky cloud which i really like it does like face oils and they just use completely natural things so i love those local brands but like realistically it's the big brands that people are going after and i think lush is really pushed for that as well for no animal testing and i think most of their products are vegan maybe not all of them but quite a lot of them Something that I find 
very hard to get a good vegan one of is deodorant <laughs> maybe not vegan but like if you want to go sustainable non-toxic deodorant in my in my experience they just don't work <laughs> like yeah and the ones that do work they're so expensive like I had one actually a friend bought me it um it's a brand called act in London like it's AKT and it was really good deodorant it comes in like a metal tube and it was smells so nice and it works so well on your skin and I loved it but it was it's I looked it up and it's literally like 18 pound and I can't I can't be I can't (laughs) spend 18 quid on a deodorant like I just I can't justify it it's great great for a present I guess there's a blog that's really funny I would recommend you reading it it's from this girl she's called cynical vegan follow her on Instagram she's hilarious she just writes really cynical posts um and she uses that wee like sort of grumpy emoji all the time it's really funny but she wrote this blog on deodorants and her quest to find the perfect deodorant and it was very comedic and witty um but she suggested (laughs) and she swore by using nude n-u-u-d so she again had tried all of the natural ones with oh there's loads of different ones i've tried and none of them work for me although a lot of people have said wild works for them but not for me maybe i'm just very stinky i don't know um but the nude it costs again 18 pound for a tube of this stuff which i don't know if you could justify that but this is a deodorant that you can put on once and it lasts like a few days which i find really interesting like even doing a workout you can wear it for a few days i think that does feel affordable like if you're you're only using a tiny bit it lasts a couple days a, a tube could last you a long time I feel like the the deodorant thing has really been taking off recently and people are talking about natural deodorant more and more and more. And I haven't been prepared to kind of deep dive into that topic yet because I feel like when I learn how bad deodorant is, it must be full of chemicals, I can imagine. But once I learn... It's going right into your, like, it's going right in. Like, your armpit is, like, full of, like, pores. It's just, like absorbing it straight in it can't be good I can't and I am a person that can never not wear deodorant you know like I always have to be wearing it because I don't like to smell bad I think in a while Rachel you probably (laughs) you'll stop wearing deodorant Rachel told me a few weeks ago that she's uh cut down on her showering being in the being out in the commune <laughs> it's not that i it's not that i've deliberately cut down but if if some days it doesn't happen that's okay especially if i've been in the lake yeah it is it is no judgment gal no judgment but i can't cope with like the no like no deodorant. yeah me neither actually i made my own i made my own deodorant once and i was so excited about it because i thought oh my god this is the solution so i it, what was in it there was um, clay. You can buy this clay online, like white clay. It's like a powder. And then there was uh, arrowroot in it, which is meant to absorb sweat and all this. The clay is good for something else. And then there was essential oils in it. It smelled amazing. It smelled like lavender. I put it on and honestly, it made me smellier. Like it actually made me smellier. And I was so disappointed because I put all this time and effort into making this perfect little jar. Oh. And the hunt continues. I really want to try that nude though. 
I'm I really want to try it but my friend Georgia Georgia was here and now Karen's here at the moment shout out to Karen if she's listening um but these are both friends from Ibiza and um Georgia had this uh salt deodorant and it was just like a big salt of the earth like salt of the earth salt doesn't work does it work (laughs) for me for me maybe it works for people Mm. I have I've tried that one I've tried the one that's it's like unscented and you put it on when you get out of the shower and your armpits are still wet and it's literally meant to be some kind of special salt that stops you sweating but doesn't work (laughs) sorry wow Sorry to everyone out there. Talking about that salt and trying to use natural deodorants is a nice segue into another point that we could move on to now, which is just because it's vegan doesn't necessarily mean it's good for you. So um, a lot of vegan products are still full of chemicals. And Mm. if you start to think about your health and how your kind of skin is your first defense against the world and your pores absorb everything then you start to you really do begin to get turned off by the thought of putting all these chemicals and products you cannot even understand or read ingredients I mean ingredients that you cannot even understand or read into your body Mm. because in Ayurveda they say you shouldn't put anything on your skin that you wouldn't eat And that makes me think of something that um, one of the radical hippies here, Daniel, said to me, which was that your skin is just like a thousand or a million mouths open. (laughs) Which freaks me out. You said this on another episode, I believe, and it's it still freaks me out. But it's true. It's so true. Like, I sort of think I think a perfect example is actually people using Epsom salts. You know, it's like a source of magnesium. And if you get a bath, literally the magnesium is absorbed into you and your magnesium levels go up. It's the same with anything that you put in. And not only is this like chemicals, there's also a lot of products have like microplastics in them as well, which you're just absorbing. And then I think your body can like store these in certain ways. And it's just, yeah, it's just not good. Um... Yeah, totally. And Ayurveda, just to say a little bit more about this, I'm no expert, but I learned a lot, a little bit in my yoga teacher training. And then a lot of people here are interested in Ayurveda, which is making me more and more interested in it. But it's um, Ayurveda is a 5,000 year old ancient Indian health practice actually got banned by the colonialization of us Brits in India. Um, So we ruined that for them. Did it, of course. Yeah, so... It's a health practice which is all about preventative measures and having a holistic approach at health. You're looking at your lifestyle, your diet, how much exercise you get, how much stress you have, and which temperament you have, which dosha you have. Um, And doshas are kind of like, there's three major categories. There's pitta, vata, and kapha, um, which is fire, earth, and water. And based on your temperament and your constitutions, your bodily constitution, you fall into one of these categories and therefore you should think about what you're consuming 
based on that. So sometimes we have teas that are made and the, the volunteers that we have that are really into Ayurveda, they'll write a little symbol and they'll be like, ginger tea, this brings, uh, this brings pita up and brings, this increases pita and yeah, because it's really fiery, it's ginger. I'm trying to think of one and then they'll be like, chamomile lavender, this increases vata and kapha um it's because it's calming and anyway which is really interesting so it's all about you should think about what you're consuming based on your dosha um and how this applies to skincare is yeah they're wanting to use organic gentle whole ingredients and ayurveda says that the more we can use whole plant-based ingredients the better and harsh drying toxic ingredients are not ayurvedic um, and in particular, Ayurveda loves skincare products containing or infused with herbs like neem. Neem is one that I've been hearing a lot of around here recently. It's meant to be so cleansing and healing and incredible. Neem oil, look out for it. Also aloe vera, turmeric, sandalwood, etc. And Ayurveda also loves ingredients like yogurt, honey and oats. Okay, so the yogurt and the honey, let's maybe move away from if you're trying to be vegan and ayurvedic but it's also worth noting that ayurveda is not a vegan practice they do include some non-vegan products yeah i think this is something that this is kind of a transition that you might find you're already going on or that um this is the first time you've really started to think about it but i just think it's a natural transition that you become vegan you change your diet and then you kind of extend that outwards to what you're wearing and then you kind of extend that outwards to what you're putting on your skin what and like what medicines you're taking and then when you're thinking about then you kind of like lean towards the vegan products and the cruelty free and then I think it's just inevitable that you're going to get to this stage where you're like actually I only want to do natural completely natural stuff on my skin I don't want to put stuff on my skin that I wouldn't eat Mm. and then you start making your own stuff and I think this is something that you've done more than me Kerry making your own products Uh, yeah I love making experimenting with things um there's two books I would really recommend one is health and beauty handbook and then there's like a home and happiness handbook and they're both by an author called Pip Waller there's a lot of info in these books but she talks a lot about going out and foraging different plants and nuts and seeds whatever and using those and making things for yourself Uh, and also a lot of like essential oils which I just think are amazing I really like one this isn't skincare but I always make my own cleaner for the counter and it's funny like we're talking about all of this and before I give a crap about um, skincare or natural things like I always felt really averse to strong smells like things like hairspray I hate hairspray breathing it in I've always remember holding my breath when someone spread hairspray or deodorant like I hate spray deodorants I always just remember like holding my breath like this is you shouldn't be breathing this stuff in which there's no difference in breathing in and spraying it on your skin really um and the same as with Mm-mm. like i hate bleach and like some people love bleach and the smell of bleach but i just think it's so it just it's such a strong chemical and like you don't need it to clean things i think people think that things aren't clean unless you use bleach and that's just absolutely not true um i love to use like spray on countertops which also when you're cleaning this is going on your skin as well like you'll spray something you'll spray the the table top and you'll use a cloth to wipe it and that stuff's going into your skin straight away so and they, there's also 
sprays that'll say like vegan on it as well which yeah is great but still like completely packed with chemicals um exactly but there's so many good natural cleaners like especially for cleaning like vinegar like i would make like a spray that i would use for like tabletops and stuff vinegar lemon juice um some essential oils so tea tree is really good for um killing germs and so is thyme so i always use those are like the four things i always use and tea tree just smells amazing and then i usually add some like uh, orange oil or lemon oil or something that just smells really nice sometimes like geranium or something just to give it like a nicer smell and you're only putting a small amount of vinegar in so it's not stinking of vinegar like I have put too much in before and it's just not been nice um, and also bicarbonate <laughs> of soda is amazing as well so yeah these things aren't actually going on your skin as much but they still kind of are <laughs> if you think about it like once you start thinking about all this stuff it's really hard to like go back to the way you thought before um mm-hmm. and other natural things something that's really popular is like coconut oil for removing makeup which i don't actually do at the minute but i'd like to get back to using more natural cleansers and these books that i talked about i'm sure there's loads more out there or you can just literally google recipes if you don't want to buy books there's natural recipes for literally everything and one product that I really recommend is Castile um Castile soap you find this in like health food shops Mm -hmm. and um it's a really like a wonder product so you can use it in cleaning you can use it to wash your clothes you can use it um I use it in face wash as well it's actually really good if you've got like spots and stuff so I just mix that with tea tree and um just like distilled water make sure you're not just using like tap water like hot distilled water and it's a really good face wash that is completely non-toxic and you can use it in cleaning products you can use it in sprays as well it is kind of expensive i guess but you dilute it so you get maybe like a bottle that's maybe i don't know 500 ml or something maybe less but it'll last you for quite a while as long as you don't like overuse it what other natural products do I use on my skin? I think one thing that's good is like there's a lot of like lip balms and stuff that are all natural that you can buy because they're literally just made out of like oils. Like you were talking about oils before and how good they are to put on your skin. And it, like when you look at the ingredients of products, you can normally tell how natural it is because it literally just say all different oils that are in it that are just so amazing for your skin. Yeah, oil oil really is king. And that's something that Ayurveda really stresses as well because it's all about protecting your skin's natural defense, your skin's barrier from the world, which is its oil la- layer. And the beauty kind of world and the anti-acne world kind of made Mm. oil seem like the demon product for a while it's going to block your pores and it's going to make you spotty and it's going to make you look greasy it was kind of like the worst thing that could ever happen was that you had a greasy face and we put all these powders on our face to cover up a shiny nose and all this crap but in reality uh, a lot of these products that people buy now it's stripping the natural oils out of your skin and if you're not then replenishing it properly then you're damaging your skin you're di- damaging it on a on through many many different dermacol dermatological layers skin layers and yeah oil is just such a nur- nourishing and incredible thing to put on your skin and using it as a cleanser like Harry said is really really nice because then you can use warm water to take off the excess and different doshas should use different varieties of oil and different quantities of oil so for example vata 
dosha needs the most oilation, then pita, then kapha. But all the doshas need to be regularly oiling their skin with high quality oils that balance the qualities of, of their unique type. And good oils, other good oils are primrose oil, which I use quite a lot. And neem oil, yeah, neem oil is a really nice one, actually. It's got a beautiful smell. And I've been using a mixture of neem oil and high quality olive oil as a cleanser recently which feels like a kind of like revelation to me because it's really making my skin feel amazing and it's making me look at my other products that I recently spent a fortune on from Face Theory. And these are full of stuff. And that's kind of their whole ideology. It's kind of like, like hydrochloric acid blah blah this is like what these like face theories are all about and I feel kind of differently about it all of a sudden like do I really want to be putting that on my skin and I feel that I'm like finding it far easier to reach for the oil instead so yeah oil is king and don't be scared of oil and it's so simple as well just it's so simple like that's all you need we overcomplicate beauty so much it's like all you need is like some people just use bicarbonate of soda to brush their teeth as well. Like that's all you need to brush your teeth and all you need is oil to like cleanse and clean and moisturize your face, everything. And we're spending a fortune. I think I think it's hard and one thing that makes it so much harder is if you're someone who's got really bad like acne. It's all very well saying, you know, use these oils and stuff, but for some people it's like such a difficult thing having really like problem skin that using natural products might not work and then using these chemical products actually do work and I feel like I understand that a lot more because it's the difference in literally your confidence being smashed and and like you feeling actually good about yourself and being able to go out and I think I watched this documentary recently with Georgia Toffolo you know her she's in like Made in Chelsea I think anyway she had like quite bad skin when Mm -hmm. she was younger And she got prescribed this Roaccutane, which is um, basically like an antibiotic, I think. It's a pill that's used for people who have really bad acne. And it's come out that there's so many um, problems with this. There's so many hidden side effects that people aren't told about. And she basically goes on this journey looking at it. But in it, as part of that, it was actually a really good documentary. It's just like one one episode. I'd recommend it but she talks about uh, skincare brands and how the process they have to actually go through to get put onto the market and it was absolutely shocking so she literally just made up her own um like cream in like a lab but she just put in things that weren't even linked with good skin she just put random stuff in it and it got and as part of that process they had to do like a trial on different people and they tested it on five different people and sent away the results and it came back that five of their skin improved and it was literally just a random product with random stuff in it there was no link to their skin getting better and the before and after photos literally didn't look any different at all and this got approved by the skincare approval company whoever that is so it just goes to show that like there is literally so such a low bar of what can actually go to market and so much of it is marketing so if this skincare brand says this will give you clear skin in 10 yeah. days or it's it's literally like complete garbage <laughs> you just cannot trust it you really can't and that's why i think that 
putting those chemicals on your skin and they're they're often at such low levels that it actually isn't going to make much difference to your skin so going natural is is such a better option if you can because I do know that people who are really suffering with acne I think that's a different thing altogether and it's hard to sort of compare but yeah it's shocking but but there are natural products that that are good for acne though like tea tree oil for yeah example. that's like a natural product but I think if you've got like cystic acne it's a sort of a different story mm, fair okay so coming to our conclusion so in this episode we have talked about the benefits of using ve- vegan and cruelty free skincare products covering the points of the problems with current skincare products brands to use and avoid and homemade recipes as well along with a lot of conversation from us. So just coming to our conclusion, so vegan skincare can encompass so many different elements, such as if there are animal ingredients in it, if it's cruelty free, and both of these things cause harm to animals in one way or another. So if you want to minimize harm to animals, checking the labels is just so important. However, vegan doesn't always mean clean, so it's really important to look for ethical brands with non-toxic ingredients or even better just use what the earth gave you and make your own products if you can because in that way you know exactly what's going into them you know exactly what you're putting onto your tiny little mouths all over your body do you want to add anything i feel like you've summed that up really beautifully and just a final note is um once you start caring so consciously and so much about what you're putting in your body and what you're putting um on your skin it is addictive (laughs) and before you know it you're in a good way (laughs) addictive in a good way and um and really rewarding as well and it's a fun journey to go on don't feel overwhelmed if you're like oh my god I need to throw away all my stuff and I love that moisturizer and I love that highlighter don't it doesn't need to be an all or nothing method but I think it's a really beautiful slow organic natural journey and then you get out on the end and you just feel so much better you find yourself feeling so much lighter happier healthier when you're really living uh, a whole food plant-based diet here here thank you so much for listening we'd love to know what you think um are you on the vegan skincare train or are you approaching it we'd love to know if you've any good skincare products as well we'd also love to know about that and thank you so much for coming along you can follow us on instagram at dirty vegetables you can send us an email at dirtyvegetables at gmail.com. All with a Z. All with a Z. Goodbye, everyone. Rachel says bye. Her um, her microphone's just cut out. <laughs> okay, bye.